best speaker they know uh, to come. Um, problem was, he said no when they called him. <laughs> so then they decided they would just bring in the most intelligent person that they know, and he said no as well. So finally, after much discussion, they decided, let's just bring in the best-looking guy we have ever seen to preach on Grad Sunday. He said no to. So finally, one of the elders suggested, well, let's just have our youth minister do it. Uh, makes sense. It's Grad Sunday. And so they called me, and I said, fine, I've already told you no three times. <laughs> so here I am. Um, I must say it's, it's pretty cool uh, to be up here uh, preaching here at New Hope, uh, growing up in this church. I think my 15-year-old self would be pretty shocked right now to see me up here, but I'm um, glad to be here, glad to share what uh, God has put in my heart here of late. And uh, we've been going through a series called The Forgotten Virtues. We're going to be taking a quick break from that this week, and uh, Kurt will be back with that uh, sermon series next week. Um, for today, I've entitled today's sermon, Knowing God's Word. And I want to talk about the importance of really digging in and studying God's Word. Not just hearing it, not just reading it, but really digging in, meditating on it day and night, as the Scripture says. We need to become men and women of faith who hunger and thirst for God's Word like we do with food and water. And there's four main points I want to talk about today, and if you'd like, you can uh, write these in your bulletin as we go. The first main point is, if you know God's Word life's battles become easier. And I'm going to be sharing a variety of different scriptures this morning, the first of which is the very famous passage uh, known as the, the armor of God. It's found in Ephesians 6. Um, if you have your Bibles and want to follow along with this passage, Ephesians 6, uh, verses 11 through 17. Here's what it says. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So the beginning of this passage, we're told to be strong in the Lord and to put on the full armor of God. Now, ultimately, as it talks about in Hebrews, as Christians, we know that the war has already been won. Uh, because of what Jesus did on the cross and because of him rising from the dead, we have victory over sin and over death. But even though the war has already been won, there are earthly battles that still need to be fought. And that's what this, this passage in Ephesians is talking about. It's talking about the, the daily battles that we'll go through, the battles of temptation, persecution, um, the battles of evil of all kinds. This is the, the kind of battle that uh, this passage is warning us against. Now, I also want to mention that when Paul tells us to put on the full armor of God in verse 11, the Greek words in this passage convey this idea of permanence. Um, for example, this is something a Christian should be wearing every single day, not just when they're tempted, not just when they're persecuted, not just when they're around non-believers. It's something the Christian should have on every day. I also want you to notice that the Word of God is the only piece of equipment that is used as an offensive weapon. Everything else 
and the full armor of God is used for defense. But the word of God is called the sword of the Spirit. If you remember in that story, Matthew 4, um, Jesus used the, the word as an offensive weapon when he was tempted by Satan. All three times he was tempted, he responded by saying, it is written. And we need to be rooted in God's word so much so that we can recall his powerful words whenever we get tempted or go through a difficult time. Also, I want you to notice there's no armor that covers our backs, and that's because if you're wearing the full armor of God, God will have your back. He'll protect us, he will comfort us, he will guide us, uh, but he also expects us to study his word when we're wearing this armor so that his words uh, will be on our hearts. And as a result of that, life's battles will become easier. Now, life is not meant to be easy, but life's battles will become easier if we are rooted deeply in the word of God. Uh, The second point I want to make this morning is, if you know God's word, you will be closer with the creator. This is something I hope that we all desire to be, closer to God. Um, Even though I'm not married, I I often relate uh, that of a married couple to relationship that we have with God. Because when you think of a marriage, you think of two people who are continuously getting to know each other. Um, They don't decide to get married when they've figured out everything there is to know about that other person. You know, imagine the guy, he's getting ready to propose. He's like, well, I know everything there is to know about you, so let's get married. That's all we have left, right? No, it's, it's, a, it's a daily relationship that hopefully grows stronger every single day. They don't just go to each other when they need something. They don't just uh, talk when crazy things in life are going on. It should be the same relationship with God that we have. Um, too many Christians will go to him just when they need something uh, or they'll just open their Bibles when they need something. But God's word and our relationship with him is meant for much more than that. We need to understand, too, that the Bible is not just a bunch of words that was written on a bunch of pages many years ago. We need to understand the Bible is a living, breathing word. There's really, if you think about it, there's really no other explanation that an ancient book has stood the test of time like the Bible has, other than the fact that it is a living, breathing word that transforms lives. Um, The stories of thousands of years ago still have deep, incredible meaning for us today. It was never meant to be a book that we pick up and say, okay, I've read it a couple times. Um, It's supposed to be a book that we constantly open, constantly experience. (coughs) I love the verse in John 6, 35. It says, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And so in this verse, Jesus calls himself bread. He calls himself the bread of life. Now, the original audience that he taught that too, they would have viewed bread and food much differently than we view it. Because we th- when we think of food, we typically think of three meals a day, quicker the better, you know, fast food. We don't always spend a lot of time preparing meals. We just get it and go. But back then, the process of partaking bread was exactly that. It was a process. It was an experience. There were preparations to be made. There were a lot of time involved. And so when Jesus calls himself bread, his original audience would have understood that as, okay, our relationship with him needs to be a a process, an experience. Um, It needs to be something that is, uh, continues to grow every day. And uh, we can't treat our relationship with Jesus like we do fast food, where it's just kind of a come and go thing. To truly be close with him, our relationship needs to grow daily. 
Um, I don't want you to think that if you read the Bible more and study it more that you'll have all the answers or that you'll have Christianity all figured out or that you'll never go through hard times. It's quite the opposite of all of that. Um, The Bible is the only thing in the history of the world that actually gets bigger the more you study it. Um, If you think about going off to college, you think about uh, whatever degree you decide to pursue, um, that topic is going to get smaller and smaller to you as you learn more and more about it. Because you're going to be more knowledgeable about that subject, so it's going to get smaller. With the Word of God, it's completely the opposite. Um, Every time you open it, every time you learn more, the bigger and bigger it's going to get. And that's not something that should be intimidating or something that should disappoint us. That's something that should show, first of all, how big God is. And second of all, it should be proof that it is a living word that we can open and read every single day and learn. Um, I had a professor in college um, at Lincoln Christian College. His name was Doc Henderson. Um, Doc passed away a couple years ago. Um, He was, when I was there in school, he was teaching well into his 80s. He had been teaching the Bible for 60-some years, I believe, and just had so much knowledge of the Bible, it was, it was incredible. Um, he said something in class one day that I'll never forget, a very simple statement. All he said was, every time I open the Bible, I learn something new. And uh, again, that's a very simple statement, but coming from someone like him, it was a big deal. With all, the, all that Bible knowledge, um, this is a guy who could literally write on the board in Hebrew in one hand and Greek in the other hand at the same time. Okay, he was the real deal with his Bible knowledge and his teaching. And so for him to say that every time he opened it, he learned something new, um, that made a, a big impression on me. That means for us, we could read a story that we have read or heard a hundred times before, and God can still speak into your life, transform you, and uh, teach something new that day. Once again, because it is a living word. The more we study it, the closer with God we will get. Uh, The third point I want to talk about today is, if you know God's word, we will know the real Jesus. Um, I believe there is a big difference between knowing of God and knowing God. Big difference between those two. Um, Several years ago, I was able to be in a Christian concert promotions company. We got to put on Christian shows, and I got to see lots of concerts, hang out with a lot of my favorite Christian bands and artists. Um, my favorite band is Switchfoot. I got to hang out with them a few times. It was a really cool experience, but it would be a big lie if I were to walk around saying that, oh yeah, the guys from Switchfoot, they're like, they're like my brothers now. You know, we're, we're best friends. I know everything about them. I mean, the truth is they may remember my name. They may, you know, I, I hung out with them a few times and everything like that, but To go around and saying that they're like brothers to me would be a little bit of a stretch, okay? Um, Another example is I was able to um, be a a media member for the Pacers these past couple months and been able to write stories um, online for them and uh, go to the locker room and and ask them questions and things like that. And that was a cool experience too, but same thing applies. If I were to come into church and say, you know, Roy Hibbert's like my uncle now, you know, that would be a, a bit of a lie. You know, Paul George is like, yeah, he's my best friend, yeah. Um, these examples, to me, are actually how a lot of people, on the, the lying side, how a lot of people treat God. They may know of him, but they don't really, 
They don't really know him on a personal level. They may even have a few experiences with God, but they don't have this, this personal relationship with him. And I think the main reason for that is because they don't study God's word. They may pick up the Bible once in a while. They may hear some Bible stories, come to church and listen to the sermons, but they aren't feeding themselves spiritually in a way that draws them closer to Jesus. Another dangerous thing would be if we grow up believing certain things just because it's always what we've been told without digging deeper and finding the answers ourselves. Um, there's a lot of people who will misunderstand the Bible. They'll misquote it. Um, they'll, they'll pick and choose certain text and, and flip around the story um, to make it something that they want it to say. Understanding the Bible in context is a huge deal. And that only happens when we're committed. One of the reasons Jesus taught in parables was because he wanted to see who is really going to follow me. You know, because when he taught, half the time, a huge majority of the people in the crowd would say, his teaching is too hard to understand, and they would leave. They'd stop following him. But the true committed followers, they would say, let's learn about this. Let's learn about this teaching. Let's dig deeper. And that's the, that's the category that we need to strive for when it comes to God's word. I was able to share uh, with our youth group about a month ago uh, some of those funny church bulletin bloopers. You ever heard those before? These are online. There's a lot of funny ones. Um, I want to share some of those with you this morning. These uh, are, they're funny because they were actually written in church bulletins in congregations across the country. And whether it's a typo or, or something funny, um, you'll see as we go. So the first example is, uh, the church choir invites anyone who enjoys sinning to join them. Uh, the middle school will be performing Hamlet next week. Everyone is invited to come witness this tragedy. Ushers will eat latecomers. Don't want to be late to that church. Don't let worries kill you. Let the church help. <laughs> church dinner this Wednesday night. Prayer and medication to follow. And my personal favorite, if you want to know what hell's like, come listen to our preacher. <laughs> Sorry, Kurt. <laughs> those are only a few examples. There are hundreds of those that were written in church bulletins. Pretty funny stuff. Um, most of those were funny because there's either a typo or there's a double meaning of some kind, and they got the words mixed around. And the reason I shared those with our youth group um, because that night we were talking about understanding the Bible in context, and when people do that with God's word, it can turn into a very, very dangerous thing. And so, um, again, this is a bigger problem if we're not really digging deeper into the text. Um, one example would kind of be like going to a mountaintop and exclaiming, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, and then trying to jump off the mountain and flying. Because the Bible says I can do all things, and taking that out of context a little bit. Um, another example, this is a more, more serious one. A lot of people, you'll hear this quote often. I hear it all the time. People will say the following phrase. They'll say, God will never give you anything you can't handle. Um, I believe that is a false statement, and here's why. Uh, the Bible verse that people have taken that statement from is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Now listen to what that verse really says. Here's what that verse says. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. 
Now, over the years, people have, have twisted that verse into God will never give you anything you can't handle, when really it's you'll never be tempted beyond what you can bear. Now, you may ask, what's the big deal? Why is that important to know? What's well, important to know because this life will bring pain. Uh, this life will bring difficult times and troubles. And if you imagine one of your Christian or really any one of your friends who's going through a hard time and you think it's the Christian thing to do to say, toughen up, God says he won't give you what you can't handle, they would feel pretty terrible about that because um, it's not a true statement. The truth is there will be things that we cannot handle on our own in this life, and that's why we need God in the first place. There's all kinds of other examples of people misquoting the Bible, um, using it for their own benefit. Anytime you see a group of protesters who have their signs and they're yelling and screaming, they're humiliating people in public, and then they have their cute little Bible verse on the, on the sign as well, doesn't mean they are taking that Bible verse and using it in the proper way. Um, I shared an example earlier when uh, Jesus was tempted by Satan. There's another part of that story uh, in Matthew 4 where Satan actually quotes Scripture back to Jesus. So he knows the Bible, but he doesn't know the Bible. He was taking the verse out of context. I still know of some people in the world today who still believe that you have to follow every commandment from God or he won't love you. Or they'll believe if you don't score 100% on the Bible test, you're not going to heaven. And it, it couldn't be further from the truth. If you really dig deep and study, you'll see that one of the reasons Jesus came to this earth was because we could not score 100%. And we could not follow every command perfectly. So he did it for us. In all these examples, I hope we can all understand that, that we need to know the real Jesus. And one major step in doing that is by knowing his word. I'm one of, the, one of those types of people that um, I can quote movie lines. Anyone like that? I can quote movie lines. I can quote song lyrics all the time. Uh, I will see something or I'll hear something. It'll instantly make me think of a movie quote or a song lyric. Um, now, I want to be that way with God's word. I've spent a lot of time watching those movies and listening to those songs that it becomes like second nature to me. And I want that to be the case with God's word. I want to spend so much time digging into God's word and understanding it that I will see or hear something in life and it'll make me think of his powerful words. As it says in Psalms 119.11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And the truth is, if, if we know the real Jesus and experience the real Jesus, others will come to know him by our example. It'll overflow out of us. And it's honestly, it's something we need to take seriously. If you think back to the very beginning of the Bible, God spoke the world into existence by what? By his word. And then it says in John 1, the word was with God the entire time from the beginning. And the word was God. And then it says when Jesus walked this earth, that word became flesh. And so when you consider all of this, we need to take that word very seriously. Not only read it and hear it, but study it, experience it, and live by it. My fourth and final point today is that if you know God's word, it will transform your life. And I want to make one thing very, very clear today. That knowledge means nothing if it doesn't change you. 
you could have all the information in the world. If it doesn't change who you are, it doesn't mean a thing. Um, Transformation beats information every single time. Think of the Bible. Many of the religious leaders that Jesus got upset with, a lot of them had their Bibles memorized and Jesus still taught them, you don't really know what it's saying because it's not changing you. So just knowing, having a knowledge of, of Bible verses doesn't mean it's changing who we are. We need to approach it in a way that it's going to transform us daily. We'd be missing the point today, like those religious leaders of the Bible, if we thought that all, all it is is just learning more information about God's word. That's part of it, but then it, it goes deeper. How does it transform your life? One of the key things for that to happen is our mindset. If our minds are in the right place, we can be transformed in a much easier way. Um, in my time as youth pastor, I've one thing I've come to love, especially uh, summer camp, CIY conferences, retreats, anything like that in those environments, they're life-changing events for our kids. Um, but I believe that one of the major reasons that they are so life-changing is because of the student's mindset when they go. Now, for example, if a, if a kid goes off to a camp or a conference, they know what they're getting themselves into. They know they're not going to have much interaction with the outside world. They know they're going to be singing about Jesus. They're going to be learning about Jesus. They're going to be talking to their friends about Jesus. The whole environment, they, their minds are in the right place, um, willing to, to listen to what God wants them to know. And that's half the battle, is having that mindset. Now, at the camps and conferences, they basically, let's be honest, they teach the things that we teach on a weekly basis. But it's because of the environment and because of the kid's mindset that they come away so changed by it. So my challenge is this, the challenge for for all of us, how do we have that mindset on a daily basis? How do we make sure that it doesn't take a fancy stage, it doesn't take a camp, it doesn't take a going away for a week to be in the, mi- the right mind frame with God to learn. Because I promise you that you could be anywhere in the world, it's just you opening God's word, he can blow you away in that moment. If your mind's in the right place, you're willing, you're there ready to accept what he wants to tell you, he can blow you away, he can change and transform your life. Just you and him, your open heart and mind, ready to receive whatever it is he wants to tell you. Two very powerful verses are Romans 12, 1 and 2. Here's what it says. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So if we want to know how to get closer to God and how to, how to know his will, these verses basically lay it out for you. It's not just about not being like the world. It's also about the transforming of your mind. And it said, okay, how, how do you transform your mind? It's by digging into God's word. It's about listening to his voice. You know, wrong choices come from wrong voices. So the question is, whose voice are you listening to? If we're listening to God's voice or more the voices around us that are not of God, what are you filling your mind with? I think there are times when we ask God to show up. Uh, we ask God at times in our lives to give us a sign, give us a miracle. But during those moments, we're often listening to other voices instead of simply his. There was a time in the Bible when the people, they were constantly asking Jesus for a sign or a miracle. And at one point, 
in Matthew 12, Jesus said no. He said, the only sign you will be given uh, will be the sign of Jonah. Now, I want you to, to think about how important that is that he said that. Jonah was an Old Testament story. Jonah lived hundreds of years before Jesus. Jesus was standing among them, and yet he told them, if you want a miracle, if you want a sign, it's in the Bible. Read it, study it, live by it. And so if he said that when he was even among them, how much more is the case today? When we are here with God's word, that is the only miracle, the only sign that we need. Um, I want to close today with another story about one of my other favorite Christian bands. Uh, it's a band I actually got to see a couple nights ago um, in concert once again. It's a band called Need to Breathe, one of my favorites. Um, I love learning how certain bands got their name, especially in the case with this band. Um, their, their name is based off an old teaching from Socrates. Socrates was teaching a bunch of kids down by a lake, and he was teaching about the importance of striving for God, striving for your goals every day. And so one of the kids, when he was done, one of the kids asked Socrates, he said, how will I know if I'm following God every day? So Socrates took him down by the lake and shoved his head under the water, and he held it under the water, okay? And kids around didn't know what was going on. Just before the kid drowns, he pulls him up, and as the kid gets his air, his oxygen back, Socrates tells him, when you need God as much as you need to breathe, then you will know you're following him every day. And so that's a powerful story. I, I wanted to make sure real quick all the parents here know that I don't teach like that. Um, sometimes I want to. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, but what a powerful story. And it's, it's a reminder. Makes me ask today, do we need God as much as we need to breathe? Do we need his word as much as we need to breathe? Do we treat the word of God like food and water in a way that we hunger and thirst for it? And are we letting it change us from the inside out? Sometimes people will ask this question, what's the best translation of the Bible? The answer is simple. The best translation of the Bible is when it translates to your life. And so to our graduates today, about to embark on the next journey of their life, let God's word be your guide. And for all of us here today who want to know God better and know his will, let's start by digging into his word and letting it transform us. If we can do that, it will truly then be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. Let's pray. God, we're so incredibly thankful just to be in your presence. We're so thankful for your word. That is how you chose to reveal yourself to us. And God, we just want to follow that word as best as we can. We want to live for you. We want to um, let this word be our guide to protect us, to just be the guide that allows us to lead other people to you as well and, and show them who you are. Uh, because the word became flesh uh, through your son Jesus. And it's just an amazing feeling to know that we can have this, this word that transforms our lives. We can open it every single day and learn something new. And so I pray, God, just for this, this week ahead, um, whatever troubles may come, whatever busyness may come, that we can just have a moment and slow down and just listen to whatever you want uh, 
to say to us. And we ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. This is our time of invitation. Um, If you have decided today that you want to give your life to Jesus, make him Lord and Savior, um, we invite you to come forward. Um, If you have any other decision to make or would simply like to ask for prayer, uh, we invite you to come forward as well as we stand and as we sing. Amen.